Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Do we do um, the current series first or the old series first? The old old one. Okay. I don't know why I keep forgetting this, guys. (laughs) I don't know why I can never remember this. We're going chronologically. (laughs) Okay. Maybe I can remember it that way. Welcome back to Manga in Your Ears. Uh, my name is Corey. Helen and April are with me. Hi, everybody. Hello. It's been a big of a delay as uh, we had scheduling conflicts and also Memorial Day. But we're here three weeks later talking about uh, first Kingyo used books from Viz and then Aka from Yen Press. Uh, the third volume just came out, but I don't believe any of us were able to read it, right? No, I, I read the third one, actually. I just finished it 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I procrastinated, so I didn't. I'm sorry, guys. The scheduling delays are mostly my fault this time. Well, you have good reason, though. Uh-huh, indeed. Yeah. My good reason was that I was lazy. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good reason. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't own Aka Three yet. Uh, I, I didn't get out to the comic book store. Um, but first is King Yo Use Books. Uh, it is published by Viz and their, uh, actually the predecessor to like their Sig collection. Uh, I guess it used to be just like a bunch of Iki uh, manga, which is mm. a publisher in Japan. But then they just changed it to like various. The prestige manga, I guess. I'm not really sure how to describe <laughs> their sig line. Uh, like Kingyo Use Books is by Seimu Yoshizaki. It's about this used bookstore that has uh, basically any manga that you would ever want on the face of the planet. Uh, and they have like a huge dungeon they call it in the basement where they have even more manga that are on the shelves uh one of the workers is just kind of she, she seems seems to be main characterish and she's the uh manager of the store while her grandfather was first sick and then away uh and then the the main helper dude is like this encyclopedic brain nerd yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he has this encyclopedic knowledge of manga, uh, mm. so he can just, like, name any manga that you could think of, and, like, who the title, or who the author is, what it's, what it's about, why he liked it. But that's basically, like, each chapter sometime, sometimes focuses on these main characters, uh, some of which are, like, used book buyers and sellers, so they, like, seek out expensive manga for cheap prices and then sell them for more expensive or for more money uh, elsewhere. Some of them are just kind of about these characters who visit Kingyo and uh, remember how much they liked manga or uh, have their lives somewhat changed by manga. Uh, And then the manga itself has a lot of footnotes. Uh, I don't know if if footnotes is the correct word because they're not exactly at the bottom of the page all the time, but 
uh, it does say like various things about the the more obscure manga they collect. Like I just pulled, or I just flipped to uh, one of them here, and they mentioned JoJo's, uh, which I guess was not as known at the time. So they have a little footnote here that is by Hirohiko Araki in 19 published first published in 1986 by Shonen Jump, and it has a a short blurb of what the manga is about. Uh, but that's basically it. It's not much. Uh, in terms of like overall story, but there is a lot of very good short stories within it. Uh, Helena April, I believe you were both only able to read the first volume. What did you think? I thought it was kind of twee, honestly. Like the first three chapters are all, oh, someone is having a problem in their life, but reading this manga has helped them solve this problem. It's helped them come to grips with something within themselves or given them motivation. And these chapters read pretty quickly as well. So I read basically the first three chapters in like 15 minutes. So after those 15 minutes, I was going, come on. How is this an ongoing series? I can see why Viz eventually stopped publishing it. I I did like the second half of the volume a little more. Oh, but before I forget, um, you mentioned how JoJo's wasn't as well known when this manga came out in the U.S. Uh, This first volume was translated in 2005. And I noticed because I felt like the translation style was a little different from the translation style you see now. Like, I saw them leaving things like Gochisho Sama untranslated, and the footnote style was a little different. So I thought that was kind of interesting as a manga nerd myself, looking at the manga from that perspective. I think I would, I don't want to say that I disagree with Helen, but I I liked it, at least initially. Um, I think some of the initial stories really kind of got me in my feelings I guess um, especially some of the ones with some of the older characters that kind of revisit back when they were younger I enjoyed that part of it I think um, the only reason I didn't enjoy it more is because I sort of crammed for the podcast itself and I think this is a series that um, you maybe sit down and read a chapter or two and put it down or read a chapter two or three and put it down I don't necessarily think um, they need to be read in volume form just because I don't want to say the stories get repetitive, um, but I guess they can sort of feel that way. Um, and some of the chapters are hit or miss in terms of whether or not you get attached to the characters or the storyline or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like Corey said, I don't know that there's a huge over overarching storyline, but uh, we don't have anywhere close to all of the volumes that actually came out. So there's no way to know. So. Yeah. And there certainly are reoccurring characters and there's a small plot line of, the owner of the store is in the hospital. Now he's out. Now he's sneaking around. Oh, he's going on some big expedition looking for, I think, a mountain of undiscovered manga. So there's definitely some continuity going on, but I don't think you would have to necessarily read it in order since the, it's fairly episodic. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I liked this for the same reason that I like something like Mushishi where uh, it has all of these various stories, uh, some of which are more compelling than others. Uh, but overall, I'm just kind of charmed by the creativity of uh, what's going into the manga. Like, I believe this first volume is the one uh, where the dude reads a bunch of horror manga, and he doesn't like horror at all. Like, he gets freaked out and can't sleep. Um, that wasn't in the first volume. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't the second one either, I don't think. <laughs> well, so there's this dude who re- who uh, <laughs> gets a bunch of horror manga, and he has to read, uh, or because he wants to impress this girl, he has to read a bunch of this horror manga, 
uh, even though he hates it. And then he he was she asks him whether he liked him, and he was like, "No, I was freaked out the whole time." But uh, uh, he connected with the stories in in a way that he probably never would have before if not exposed to that. Uh, and those are the kinds of like fun stories that I like reading in here. Uh, another one was like someone who's reconnecting with Sailor Moon and how much uh, she was inspired by Sailor Moon to do justice when she was a kid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just that a lot of it um, is episodic. And then I think there's the barrier, too, where there are... They are. They talk about a lot of manga series that we wouldn't be familiar with as English readers. Like Corey said, there's a bunch of notes in the back. There's like pretty extensive notes in the back, at least in the first two that um, I read. But there is that barrier of the characters are really excited or really have memories about these particular series that have that just don't uh, correspond to anything that we have in English. So um, I imagine that some of why the series didn't seem like it. Uh, picked up very well or had wide appeal is just because uh, we didn't know a lot of the series. There are definitely a few that we're familiar with, but I would say a good bulk of them I just was not familiar with at all. Yeah, there are, there are those uh, full page things of the manga at the back of each volume. Um, and uh, when I started posting this on Twitter, Paxic mentioned to me that this manga came a little too early for the market because I feel like now uh, people kind of waxing over older older manga would go over much better than it did perhaps in like 2005 or, or whenever it came out. It might go over better, but I imagine this would still have a hard time even in today's market. Yeah. Just since a lot of these titles that they're talking about are older, so we still don't have translations of them. Yeah. Like I recognize Dr. Slump, but I've certainly never read it. Never seen the anime, so I didn't have the emotional connection when Dr. Slump popped up in, I think, the first chapter. Some of them are like 50s, 60s manga, or perhaps even older. Like, uh, in one chapter, they go to uh, an old folks' home, and then just, like, they do a magic trick where they pull off the <laughs> the uh, cloth and they reveal a bunch of really old manga, and the, all the old people are like, I remember reading this when I was a child. Mm. And for my next trick, I will show you very old books. <laughs> yep. I think I need to read this to understand what the trick there was. Well, I also wonder, too, if like some of the series that were featured in in this particular series were, if they were selected by the author, or if they were at all influenced by like an editor or a publisher, or if the series within this series were like drove any extra sales like oh they talked about the series in this uh this chapter and it, it drove sales or if that was in any way influenced by anybody outside of the author i don't know that's necessarily necessarily true and something i just thought of but i was just curious if that had any kind of bearing on um the series that the characters were interested in well Corey, you said that the manga is still ongoing right uh, it's currently on hiatus, but uh, it does say that it's ongoing according to Wikipedia. Yeah, since I was thinking, I've been looking at like the best-selling manga lists on Anime News Network for 
oh god, too many years now, at least five or seven. And I don't think I've ever seen this one pop up on those charts. So, mm. so I was thinking that that's a rough metric if it's really popular or not. But if it was popular, then I would expect it to be based, you know, to maybe be boosting other series sales. Mm. We, we would really need someone who pays close attention to the Japanese market and can read a lot of Japanese to give us the answer to that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the consensus from you two is that uh, you liked it? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of mad on it, as I think you could probably guess, Corey. Yeah. Hence the um, I don't know if I was mad on it. it I don't know. Um, I didn't. You need to read dis- more to find out. I don't even know if it's that. It's it's more like when I was reading it, I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. It's fine, but it's sort of like it didn't really stick with me after I put the book down. Um, it's kind of nice to see the different characters and see how manga impacted them, but I don't know if I'd want to read 16 volumes of it. <laughs> so I guess that's where I'm at with it. Well, uh, I guess I'm the other end of the spectrum from Helen. I don't know. Uh, I really liked the manga, I would definitely read 16 volumes of this. <laughs> uh, I guess I enjoy the the little history lessons that they take you on through learning about the manga, and I enjoy I enjoy the stories that I that I enjoy out out of their vignettes, and I uh, can kind of just skim through the ones that I don't like as much. Mm. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. With that final note, let's take a break and we will come back and talk about Akka. Alright, welcome back, y'all. For the second half of this podcast, we are talking about the series Aka 13 in Territory Inspection Department by Natsumi Ono. An anime for this series came out last year, um, but the manga, it wrapped up around the same time, but it's still currently being published in the U.S. Uh, as of recording, the third of six volumes just came out, so we're about halfway through. And as far as I understand, the anime was a fairly faithful adaptation of the manga, but we're not at the end yet, so I don't know. Maybe I'll be thrown for a very large loop in the last volume. But getting to the plot, uh, the basic plot of Akka is that roughly 100 years ago, the kingdom of Doha um, was united. It still has these 13 semi-independent territories in it. Think like the states in the United States, but it more or less functions as a singular country now. And Akka is the name of the organization which helps oversee all the individual territories and relations between the territories, making sure everyone's complying with you know, various government standards, all that good jazz. And um, But, you know, it's been 100 years, so some people are thinking, you know, maybe we don't need all these different departments at Akka now. We seem to be going fine. And Gene Otis would very much like his department to get disbanded, the inspection department, since he has asked for a transfer many times, and it, like, it, the... Notes, he says, seem to vanish for this, so Gene Notice would very much like to be able to retire from Akka. But unfortunately, he's really good at his job, and after he accidentally uncovers some corruption in a routine inspection, uh, the inspection department is saved, and Gene now has even more work than usual. He has to visit all 13 
territories within like six months or so, which is, you know, a very good excuse for Natsumi Ono to draw just 13 different locations and sceneries and all kinds of good stuff like that. But going on in the background of the story, um, it seems like there's a coup going on, or there might be a coup. It might be just the world's most laid-back coup. Like, Gene is apparently the center of it, and he has absolutely no idea what's going on. He's just shopping in bakeries for bread and all that jazz. <laughs> so that is the plot of Akka. There might be a coup, but there might not. And we're going to do some tourist, like, visiting along the way. Let's see. So as I made it clear, I've seen the anime for this as well, so I do know the larger plot. Um, did you guys see the anime as well? I think Corey did when he made disparaging remarks about the OP. I didn't make disparaging remarks. Like, I didn't remember you, you said it. you couldn't remember it. That's disparaging enough. I remember like zero <laughs> openings from this season. Mm-hmm. Except the old bugger. Mm-hmm. I have not seen the anime. No, this is my first exposure to this series. Let's see. Have you guys read anything else by Natsumi Ono before? I have as well. I've read um, Not Simple, which I think was her very first work. Mm-hmm. And I've also read some of House of Five Leagues. Um, It's been... It's been uh, quite a few years, but I've read, not simply, some, like you, some of House of Five Leaves. What is the other one that I am leaving out? Paradiso, uh, I think. Maybe a volume of that one. It seems like for a while there, she had a good batch of series coming out here, which so I was surprised to see another one of her series out because I haven't seen anything from her, at least in English, in a number of years. Yeah, since she's got, I feel like she has some notoriety in the U.S. in a good way, just because a couple of her series have been adapted into anime, like House of Five Leaves, like um, Ristorante Paradiso. But I wasn't sure since, um, I I remember House of Five Leaves was also fairly laid back when I read it, but Aga is even more laid back. Like, there, there honestly is an air of mystery early on in the story going, is there a coup going on? Because... You know, the people in charge of Akka seem very concerned that there's a coup. Like, people outside of Akka seem to genuinely think that Jean is centrally connected to this coup. But there's just no evidence of it on screen, and it actually does lend an air of mystery. I, I remember when the anime was airing, we were exchanging theories on Twitter, being like, okay, I have a theory. They're conducting this coup, but in all the bakeries. Like, everyone's buying bread and <laughs> secret sending codes. I'm still not entirely sure that didn't happen, for the record. <laughs> But I ended up being quite fond of the anime when it ended. Um, I think I am preferring the anime to the manga a bit at this point. I felt like the anime's pacing was a little snappier. Since the end of the second volume is where Jean is visiting the capital of the country, since uh, the prince, the heir apparent, is having this coming-of-age ceremonies, there's just a whole bunch of bigwigs invited. And that's at, like, episode three of the anime. In manga, it's taken two full volumes to get there. The manga is just very sedate. <laughs> This is so I haven't seen the anime like I mentioned before, um, but I really like the pace of the manga a lot. So I like really really like this. Like I I, I picked it up for the podcast, um, and that's that was a couple weeks ago when I fi- picked up the first two volumes, and then I happened to see the third this weekend. Like I really really like the series, and I don't know if I can put my finger on why. Maybe because it is so slow, and there is kind of that air of mystery. Um, I just sort of like seeing everybody interact with each other. Sort of the world that she's built, I think, is interesting. Um, I like just them kind of eating snacks and hanging out with each other. I just I like I enjoy the series a lot. Um, I think I'm probably going to reread it within this week. 
Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just uh, some of her other series I haven't really taken to. I know House of Five Leaves I didn't take to like at all. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I feel like the pacing is sedate, but events are actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like there's some hints early on that Jean's friend Nino is a bit different than he appears. And then the manga follows up on that quite quickly. So you go, Oh, okay. There is something going on here. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And I also do really like seeing all the different scenery that she comes up with for each of the 13 little mini kingdoms within Villa. I really do joke that this is just about the United States because you can look at almost any of these (laughs) sections and be like, Oh, that's New York. Oh, that's Boston. Oh, that's the American Southwest. Oh, that's Hawaii, I guess. Although I know some people were definitely joking that, um, the first district that Jean visits with all the giant crops, we're like, ah, yes, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's New York, Boston, and then the entire American Southwest. <laughs> well, there's like two different countries. There's like two different like mini countries that are kind of like the Southwest. So, like one's like the above ground Southwest, and the other part is the Southwest where you really need to live in a cave because it's so dang hot. I think I'm uh, actually the opposite of you, Helen. I found I liked the anime when I watched it. Um, like, I found it to be sometimes hard to follow just because things were were going by so quickly. Uh, <laughs> with, with the manga, I can slow down the pace as I feel so I can reread something or uh, I can just read it slower to understand it better. Uh, but with the anime, I uh, am always too lazy to rewind it. <laughs> People still use rewind as a word. Yes. You know, okay. I was thinking about that the other day. That's weird that you said that, but that is completely off topic. <laughs> what would you call it if you didn't see a rewind? I don't know. Go backwards. Because <laughs> it's like the, the save icon in Microsoft. Anyway. <laughs> uh, also, I have not read any of uh, Nexime Ono's other work. I know of her pedigree from, uh, mm-hmm. from Twitter, basically. And I watched the House of Five Leaves anime, and I really liked that. But I also found that similarly hard to follow because so much was happening and I was not able to slow it down to my own pace. Well, I think that is one of the real benefits of manga. Like you were just mentioning in the um, Kinko section that you could just skim over chapters you didn't find as interesting. Of manga, you can really adjust your speed to whatever you feel like reading. So if you want to leisurely read Akka while nibbling on some toast, you can. But the anime, you're pretty, you pretty much have to watch at the same speed, unless you're watching on a service like High Dive, where you actually can, like, speed it up so you can watch Legend of the Galactic Heroes in 1.5 speed or something. Mm-hmm. I think, too, uh, when Natsume Ono had that sort of that bigger bulk of stuff that was coming out, she was also coming out the same time as uh, Fumi Yoshinaga, who was, who was well known at the time, too. Mm-hmm. And her work kind of reminds me of hers and that they're not to me almost sometimes focuses on like those smaller interactions between people so at least when i was reading this series i was afraid at least in the beginning that there was going to be a lot of like info dumps like hey here's a really awkwardly placed information or conversation where we dump all this information about the world but things sort of like uh come out in natural sounding conversations between the characters. So they'll have conversations that that are important to the plot, um, but then also give the reader a chance to learn about the world. Um, And I think that's what I enjoyed the most about it. So Yeah. And you're not the only one who 
thinks of the two of them together. Like occasionally mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have trouble remembering, okay, who did which one? And usually by that point, I just, I try to think about what the art looks like and then I can yeah. remember who did which one. I want to ask how you guys felt about the art since I definitely preferred the art in the anime. I felt like it smoothed out some of the manga art since like, I really did not like how her art looked not simple at all. <laughs> and it's definitely changed since then, but still there are panels when you look at the characters and they kind of have like these staring dead fish eyes and it just throws me off every time <laughs> i think her style is pretty recognizable again i did not like it at all in five leaves not simple was okay um but that's five leaves had, of, had more of the dead fish eyes than yeah Haka. i don't like i don't like those <laughs> um, uh so i was a little put off of her work because of that uh but obviously i picked this one up because of the podcast and then the covers and stuff look really nice and I'm like ah, it looks pretty I'm you know I uh, can be a little simple that way so uh, I like her art in this series better than what I've seen before before I was as pretty turned off by it yeah the covers definitely look really nice it looks like mm-hmm. the press is just matching the style that was done on the Japanese covers but whoever put them together in Japan then nice going yeah. nice stylistic choices Corey what did you think of the art are you a fan at all yeah I really liked the art uh, when I watched it or when I watched House of Five Leaves, uh, I was very interested in reading the manga just from the character designs in the anime. Uh, though I never did get around to either buying or reading it, but now Dana has it, so I don't have to <laughs> buy it at all. Uh, and then when I when I finally did get to, into reading this one, uh, it's just kind of uh, a fascinating character design type. It's like it kind of feels like lamp but uh proportion correctly also older <laughs> yeah natsumi ono definitely likes the older gentleman yeah she, she yeah that has I mean, been. I mean that was kind of the entire plot of that is totally her thing although this isn't a bl series we, we should make it straight like honestly there's not much romance in general and the very little that's in there is het so there's like mm-hmm. Gene crushing on his superior, who's this beautiful woman who's like five or ten years older than him. So, you know, very understandable. There's like this younger policeman who's crushing on Gene's younger sister, who's very sweet. This is also understandable. And that's about it, honestly, I think. Yeah. Like there's one point where people thought that the prince was crushing on Gene's younger sister. But it turns out, no, he was, the, the prince was actually proving he had a brain for once. Prince is kind of an airhead. <laughs> yeah, kind of a malicious airhead at times. This is very airheady. The uh, the cop is <laughs> super cute. He's like so antagonistic toward Eugene, and then he mm-hmm. becomes like more antagonistic just because he finds out that he's or the sister is Jean's sister. Mm. And the cop has all these prejudices against Jane. He's like, oh, there are these rich people, you know, if they're like central Aka salaries and they live in this big building. And Jane's like, no, we manage the apartment building. Mm-hmm, we, we, mm-hmm. we don't live there. And my salary is lower than your salary, actually. The test is harder, but my salary is lower. And then the cop is very conflicted over this. And then when he says it's like, it's just one of those weird bureaucratic things. And I'm like, oh, of course it would be one of those weird bureaucratic <laughs> things that the harder test gets a lower salary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's basically how bureaucracies work. They're kind of weird. Yep. Also, I, f- I feel like um, Ono was trying to make us like the cop more and distrust the prince more based on their views of bread. Like, the cop is kind of interested in bread, but the prince is like, no, I don't care about other kinds of bread. <laughs> I feel like she's really using this as symbolism on some level. <laughs> she could, yeah. Uh, I, I really buy into that because there is so much 
about this manga that is surrounding Greg, and then like even uh, Gene asking for toast in the morning, he's like, "Give me a coos, uh. no, make it 0.5 centimeters." And what I got from that is like two centimeters is uh, either gluttonous or too <laughs> kiddish. So like the get the crispier, manlier bread <laughs> size. <laughs> Yeah, we can't call this a food manga, but it's definitely a bread manga. I just thought it was interesting that they, I guess because that's something we don't do here, at least something I don't do here, where they they would go to the bakery and specifically specify how large of a slice they wanted. I just thought that that was, um, that, I thought that that was particularly interesting. It's, it's little things about the world that I, that I think are interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you could probably do that in D.C., but you would have to be in a really bourgeoisie bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'm going to stick to my commoner sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, the bread that's already sliced. Yep. So any closing thoughts? Um, I especially want to hear from you, April, um, since it sounds like you're probably going to continue with the series, it sounds like. Oh, oh definitely. Um, yeah, I didn't know that the third volume was actually out already because I just I like just bought the first two, and then the third was out this weekend. And I'm like, this, I'm just going to buy it now. Um, but no, I'm definitely going to keep up with this one. I really, really like it. I think it's I actually like the leisurely pace of it. Um, I like that there's sort of an overarching plot. Like Helen said, is there a coup? Is there not a coup? It's a laid back thing. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so you so you have that part of it, but you also uh, to sort of keep the story going. But you also have just the day to day interactions. And uh, I like that kind of stuff. That's always been the kind of manga that I like the day to day. Um, how people get along with each other, how people relate to each other, etc. So I, uh, I, I'm a big fan of this one. Yep, I really liked it as well. Uh, I, I liked the the little twists and turns that it took in the second volume, or near the end of the first, where it's just like, whoa, didn't expect that to happen. Uh, which like I sort of remember it happening in the anime, but I don't remember it <laughs> me having that reaction in the anime. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep going with this one. Well, then maybe once all six volumes are out, we can have like a little addendum spoiler cast where we talk about our feelings on the end and and discuss yeah. what our favorite read was from the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was sad to see that it was only six. I mean, not that I expected it to be super long, but I'm like, we're already halfway through it. So. <laughs> well, the anime felt fairly satisfying by the end, so I think you're going to be <laughs> satisfied when it comes to an end. Okay, yeah, that's always good to know. And with that, I think we've come to the end of yet another podcast episode. So if anyone wants to continue talking with us online once we're done recording or send us suggestions for what manga you want us to cover, you can definitely tweet at us at um, Manga in Your Ears on Twitter. And uh, you can also find the three of us on Twitter, some of us more than others, like myself. Uh, you can find me <laughs> at Wandering Dreamer, and you can also find me writing and podcasting over at the Organization of Antisocial Geniuses. Uh, you can find me lurking on Twitter mostly at Mondiarin. Yeah, feel free to tweet at me about about series and things like that. I'm always kind of there, even if I'm not tweeting. So yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Compassionate K. Uh, you can find all of our episodes at Taiku Podcast K A I I K U, uh, which is also the name of the podcast that I do about sports stuff usually. And occasionally you'll find me bothering Corey on Twitter going, is this a sports anime? Is Laidback <laughs> Camp a sports anime? It's kind of a sport, isn't it? Laidback Camp is a manga. We can just do it here. 
<laughs> but probably not next time, since it is Pride Month, so we are probably going to be doing even more LGBTQ manga than usual on this podcast, so look forward to it, guys. Yep. And with that, we will see everyone next time. Bye! Bye, everybody!